This is the boys podcast from TV Podcast Industries. We're back this time talking about the first three episodes of Gen V, season one. Marie, I... I had to. I didn't see anything. You don't understand what Brink did, okay? You don't know about the woods. What? Okay, please, he, he fell asleep with a camel lit in his mouth and he burned himself. Yeah. For sure. Our secret. Why did you have to come, Marie? Welcome back, fellow alumni and boys and girls. We're back on the boys podcast on TV podcast industries. This time we're talking about Gen V. We're talking about the first three episodes. Uh, episode one, God You. Episode two, First Day. And episode three, Hashtag Think Brink. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow boys and girls. Yes, I am one of your other hosts, John. We are delving into something, dare I say it, completely different from what we've been covering recently. Mm-hmm. And we are going to ride that pony, uh, just like Emma did, I guess, uh, in yeah. this episode. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> we are back with our uh, interestingly PG podcast about uh, the boys' shows, John. <laughs> yes, a very un-PG uh, show. Yeah. So yes, we're back in the boys' universe, mm-hmm. and Gen V certainly uh, doesn't give up at all on the boys' ethos. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> really enjoyed uh, these first three episodes. Good to be back in this world of irreverence uh, and just pure, oh my god, they did that uh, moments. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so... We'll be covering the first three episodes uh, that are dropping on the release of Gen V on the 29th of September. Yeah, we've been very lucky to see the episodes in advance before they're released, so we are recording in advance. Uh, we are going to separate it out, though. We're going to record um, our sections about episode one, and then a section about episode two, and then a final section about episode three, so you can listen along that way. We're not going to spoil the future episodes. Uh, just going to talk about each episode as we go, as we usually do on our podcast covering each episode of the show. Um, Indeed. But as I said, as always, a little bit of a challenge for us covering these shows, even when we absolutely love the boys' uh, universe. Um, just to, just because our main feed is uh, is for everybody, it just means that some of the content we kind of have to talk around a little bit, which is always a good challenge. I love that on the, on the voice. But strap yourself <laughs> in for double entendres yes. galore as we get into the Gen V podcast here on TV Podcast Industries. If you are a new boy and girl to uh, the podcast, then, of course, uh, you are more than welcome. And you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any bloody podcast player of your choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also love to get your feedback on all things about Gen V Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, All the thoughts... Comments, observations, theories, and dare I say it, screams or shout out loud moments. <laughs> or uh, laugh out loud moments. Or laugh yeah. out loud moments, <laughs> or gasp out loud moments, mm-hmm. you name it. Um, but you can send emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, or you can pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com 
forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries where we have spoiler posts for each and every episode of Gen V. Absolutely. And we will be kicking off our Gen V pub quiz with this episode. We'll be asking one question about each episode on each podcast. Um, So at the end of the series, all you have to do is gather together the answers to all eight questions of the pub quiz and email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with the correct answer to be in with a chance to get your hands on some Gen V goodies. Excellent stuff. Derek, let us get into our spoiler-filled discussions uh, about episode one of Gen V, mm-hmm. God You. Derek, kick us off with all the episode details. Who gave us what, when, where, how, and why? Well, lots of people involved in Gen V, the spin-off of The Boys. Um, it was developed by Craig Rosenberg, Evan Goldberg, and Eric Kripke, of course. Uh, Craig was a writer of five episodes of The Boys and an executive producer. Evan Goldberg is an executive producer and well-known as Seth Rogen's producing partner uh, for all the shows they produced together. Eric Kripke, probably the most well-known because he was the showrunner and lead writer on The Boys and creator of Supernatural as well. Yes, indeed he was. Who yeah. is the showrunner for Gen V, though? The showrunners for this show are Michelle Fazekas and Tara Butters, calling back to some of our very early podcasts, John. Uh, Michelle and Tara got their big break on Agent Carter. Excellent yeah. stuff. And they were wonderful over there, yes. so great to see them coming into this crazy world of the boys. Uh, this, of course, is based on the comic series from Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Uh, executive producers include Eric Kripke, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and, of course, Garth Ennis and Derek Ro- Robertson. Uh, this episode though was written by Craig Rosenberg, Evan Goldberg and Eric Kripke the creators. Good stuff yes. And the episode was directed by Nelson Craig who directed two episodes of The Boys in season three including the infamous Herogasm episode John. Yes I believe a penis does make an appearance though as well. Quite a up close uh, zoomed in appearance as well in this episode so well there are two strap yourself in <laughs> shall we say yes. and prepare for the ride of your life <laughs> well john speaking of which do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for gen v episode one god you sure Eight years ago, as Marie Moreau's parents watch a train get inducted into the seven on tv she has her first period In that moment, she realizes that her power is the power over blood. Unfortunately, she has no control of her powers and kills both her parents, while her younger sister watches on. Marie spent the intervening years at Red River Institute for Orphan Soups, honing her powers and received a scholarship to Godolkin University for Gifted Soups. At Goju, Marie meets her roommate Emma, who can shrink to a tiny size and has her own TikTok channel as Little Cricket. Marie has dreamed of becoming a crime-fighting hero, but she has been denied access to the essential Crime Stoppers course, led by Richard Brinkerhoff by his gender-swapping TA, Jordan Lee. After confronting Professor Brinks, he still refuses to allow Marie on the course. While returning to her dorm, Marie, with the help of top student Andre, stops a young man being chased by campus security. Andre invites her on a night out with all the top students of Godju, including Golden Boy, his persuasive girlfriend Kate and Jordan. But when Andre's chat-up line goes wrong, slitting the throat of a woman at the nightclub, Marie stays behind to save her. This earns praise from onlookers, but to cover up... For the top students, Professor Brinks expels her. When Marie goes to confront him, she comes across Golden Boy, who is using his firepower to melt the professor. 
Having witnessed the act, Golden Boy chases Marie from Brink's office, but is stalled by Jordan as Marie runs to Andre. Golden Boy catches up with her, but is calmed by his best friend, Andre. Before whispering something to him, he flies into the sky using his powers once again to explode himself, showering the onlookers in blood and bits. And with that, yes, we are definitely back in the world of the boys. <laughs> yes, Everybody indeed. covered in blood, guts and gore. Uh, no Huey in this season from the boys, who's usually the one that is, uh, that is head to toe covered in blood. Um, so we get everybody uh, at the university <laughs> covered in blood pretty much in this we opening. We certainly moment. do. And of course... You know, Marie, what an intro and what a superpower mm-hmm. as um, she slices and dices her parents with um, blood power. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are going to talk about our major moments from the episode this time because we're going back to school. Uh, we are talking about our freshman, which is our small moment, our sophomore, which is our medium moment, and our senior which is the other outstanding moment from the episode. Let's kick off with our freshman moment. I think we need to talk about Emma. Um, I think we do. Possibly my favourite character uh, in the show so far. Definitely. Uh, really enjoying this character of Little Cricket because um, she's just a, a fun foil for Marie, who's very serious, coming to the school, trying to make sure she doesn't F it up, as she's told often uh, by many people around her, and meets Emma, who just wants to have the wild college lifestyle, doesn't believe that she's going to get into crime stopping or anything like that. Um, her parents is that she can shrink herself down to a tiny size and yeah. she's used that to get a bit of fame in uh, through TikTok, uh, get a bit of fame through some online followers. Yeah, as Little Cricket. Yeah, yeah. yeah but- I, lo- I love Emma here mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I just like the fact, you know, she, she as you say, she just wants that uh, university kind of, I guess, more chillaxed experience. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants the roomie, which she's got with Marie. Yeah. And hopefully a threesome. She Hopefully a threesome. <laughs> uh, constantly going through <laughs> her mind, as well as the bongs and, and mm-hmm. the, the various different drugs are in and around campus. So, yes. like, two very different people here. And mm-hmm. um, I do like the fact that um, they are roommates here because at this moment in time, it's just the kind of chalk and cheese, as you say, with Marie just wanting to keep her head down mm-hmm. and to be a diligent student, ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas, yes, Emma's mind is wandering and so on. She does get her chance for a bit of action here from one of the guys also in uh, her drama and acting classes that she is taking mm-hmm. here. But we do see Emma's shrink power being utilized here with one of the other students who wants her to get small mm. so that his penis, um, I guess, expands differently. It just looks bigger. It's <laughs> Oh, my God, this moment. <laughs> just, you know, when he's saying to her, is it the biggest one you've ever seen? And Emma just kind of looks at him and goes, well, relatively, obviously, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, say it then. Like, it is so horrible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I just love that she is swinging from the, the head or, or the... the you know, the fat, the fountain pen nib, as we'll say. Um, and she's just holding on, uh, really hard, but he, he obviously wants a bit of pain here as, um, you know, she <laughs> slides down the shaft, mm. uh, slapping the old, uh, plums, uh, very hard. And I just love the look on her face. Um, is one of just pure, I'm hating this, but also, it, it inspires her to, to slap uh, harder and <laughs> yeah. harder. 
Um, but <laughs> I must say, uh, I wasn't expecting that. No. But it is, I guess this is certainly um, not to be unexpected, mm. uh, given the director also covered Herogasm, the big yeah. hero orgy yeah. um, with I, soups. I also think there's a little moment with Emma <laughs> where you can tell in her face, it's kind of like, is this actually doing anything for you? <laughs> like, what is the story? What What is your major malfunction, as they'd say? <laughs> I mean... Her face has this kind of look of "don't touch me," yeah. just but as she's holding on mm-hmm. um, to to his penis, and it's just—I mean, <laughs> it's just some kind of like porn horror movie, I guess, well, that's yeah. happening to her. I do also think there was quite a hilarious moment um, as we realised that she has to puke. Um, to get little. That's awful, yeah. It, which is awful, but yeah. what is quite hilarious is how the hair clip in her hair, <laughs> which she holds her, her back so she doesn't get puke in it, um, becomes much bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's done really well, and it I have is, to say, it? I giggled at that. But, you know, at in in this moment, the question is, oh, okay, she effectively has to force herself to throw up mm. or, or to purge yeah. um, in order uh, to to enact her, her superpower, which is to go small. Yeah, it's not exactly it's not the, best the way, greatest it? thing to do just before you have sex either, <laughs> is it? Like, no. But you're any, definitely not going to be in the mood for it afterwards, but right? But any, I mean... What about Superman having to sort of chuck two fingers down his throat in order well, then. to then fly or become yeah. the Man of Steel? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a pretty horrible uh, thing to have to do. But again, even when Emma's trying to convince this guy, um, it's not going to work. Like biologically, I'm going to be tiny and you're going to be big. That's not going to work. Yeah, and potentially um, she could have drowned as well, well from that experience yes, as well. Yes, potentially. You know, um, so <laughs> yeah, of, poor Emma. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, this is our introduction to Emma, mm-hmm. Marie's um, roommate. And, you know, at this moment in time, it, there is a chalk and cheese element uh, to these two. But, uh, yeah. yes, what an introduction Absolutely. to Emma. Absolutely. Let's go on to our medium moment, our sophomore moment from the episode, because really we do have to talk about Marie. This this episode certainly uh, puts her right at the centre of the story. Um, kind of mentioned it, obviously, in the, uh, in the um, synopsis, but um, Marie's journey to... Godalkin University is a different one uh, than you'd be expecting for a lot of these students. You know, we yeah. see the opening scene is based eight years ago when we see a train getting inducted into the into the seven. Yes, in um, the post-racism world, oh, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, it is, and it's also just that sort of notion. You it's know? just Madeline's version of what's yeah. happening in Voss. What what is interesting, if you remember from the boys, um, that. Black Noir is also a black member of, of the Seven. Yeah. Yet Madeline calls out here that A-Train is the first black member of the Seven, right? Yeah. So um, she's saying now it's post-racism basically because he can be unmasked, I suppose. Yeah, yeah? exactly. And they may not actually have said um, that Black Noir was a black man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, during this... Uh, event on TV, which Marie doesn't really care about at all. Marie's just having fun with her little sister at the time. Um, we see her powers come about um, because yeah. she has her first period and finds out that she power over the blood, effectively. Like, what a horrible 
situation to be in if you realize that your superpower comes out at the same time when you're having your first period which you have no idea what's happening like she's completely lost she thinks that she just has a stomach ache and she's going yeah. up to to uh, to the bathroom to sort herself out her mom's calling after saying that she wants some pepto um to deal with the stomach problems that she's having and then not only does she find out that she's got her period she finds out that she's superpowered well exactly and i mean it's it's not just any old superpower mm. it is one involving her blood yeah. being able to control her own blood which has been activated through mm-hmm. compound v at this really you know significant moment in her development you know mm-hmm. with her first period yeah. and i mean this is the thing no control in fact no knowledge that this would happen at all and exactly it kind of looked like um a red version of the abyss with the water stuff well, like yeah. floating up and of yeah. course to andre's uh sort of nicknames he's trying to give her you know bloody mary in the aftermath mm-hmm. it is kind of appropriate really because and um, the this blood is almost like shards of glass. It, yeah. It's um, destructive um, and kills her mum mm. and and then her dad and then her dad yeah. as her younger sister watches on. So mm-hmm. what transpires here is you know she is orphaned. The, her younger sister is placed in another family or at least away from her, and uh, she's in the Red River Institute where. Uh, you know, with the ambition to get into Godolkin University, she wants to become the first female black member of the seven exactly. as well at Vought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and we've seen the Red River Institute a few times now. Yeah. We've seen it in, in um, other episodes of The Boys. So this is a place that only superhero or only superpowered um, kids who are um, – either left there by their parents or who are who have lost their parents who are orphaned um that's where they are so that's why i think that's why marie and her sister would be separated because her sister obviously doesn't have powers right so or yeah. at least that's what we know so far um but it's interesting even the um counselor in red river institute is saying to marie it's very rare that someone will be taken from here and put into Godolkin University. She's obviously passed quite a lot of uh, tests that a lot of people don't do. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Um, no, exactly. And uh, it, it's interesting because all of this, in a sense, like it puts her out of step with her fellow students mm-hmm. at God's U. I, I do like it uh, when Jordan uh, and is giving her the bad news that she won't go into, um, you know, this big class with Professor Brink because mm-hmm. All the seven have always had to have this um, this crime stopper course yeah. uh, in order to get into the seven. Where, but you know, she doesn't have a phone. She has no idea of Insta or TikTok and all this kind of stuff. She's not yeah. like in that sense social media savvy like the other students. And you have Emma saying, you know, are you Amish? Uh, <laughs> is, like, is black Amish a thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just like. <laughs> yeah, I just love this. You know, she is a fish out of water. She mm-hmm. that because literally everyone 
at Godju is doing selfies, they're doing Insta, they're doing TikTok. The promotional stuff you see on this is like so about, and you're going to learn skills such as crime stopping and brand awareness. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's just like really, really yeah. good. And I suppose um, because you come at it from the from the lens of having watched the boys, and you know that all everybody that was chosen to be a member of the Seven, it isn't because they're superheroes; it's because their branding works really well with Vought, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of what it is. Homelander is too powerful; they can't kick him out of the Seven, no matter what he does. Whereas everybody else is in there are in there to hit target demographics and to hit media sales and to hit Absolutely. Uh, all the, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so someone like Marie coming, being completely unknown and coming from an orphanage, unless they can create a great story around her, probably is unlikely to make it to the seven, which is probably the reason why Jordan decided not to put her in there well, uh, on behalf of on exactly. Behalf of, uh, it's it's kind of the thing of well, you know, is blood soup superpower mm. really going to work in? I guess most of the world. Well, yeah. Who knows? Um, and really, this is the uncomfortable truth as to why Jordan is saying, you know, you're not a fit for this um, crime stopper course run yeah. by uh, Professor Brink. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, she's, it's not certain what's going to happen here. And yeah. of course, it becomes even more uncertain with uh, the invite to some of the the top-ranked students. I mean, that's the other thing here. You, you've got this competitive ranking of students. Mm-hmm. So you have Golden Boy that we see introduced here being top-ranked one. Yeah, played um, by Patrick Schwarzenegger. I know. Isn't Not that, that cool? I could recognize his father at all, Mm-mm. you know? He's very, very Maria Shriver. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, but very interesting. I was expecting him to uh, to affect an Austrian accent at some exactly. point in the episode, but um, he didn't. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it? You know, I, I say that um, Marie's not going to make it into the seven because they're chosen for different metrics, different reasons uh, behind that. And interestingly, in this episode, twice she's the one that does the super heroic thing, sort of. Um, she's the one that stops uh, a person on campus who's being chased down by um campus security so she uses her powers to stop him and andre steps in to to close it out basically and and stop this kid and he gets uh gets taken out by campus security and that's the reason she gets invited along by andre to this night out with the top three um students and uh and marie yeah uh, which again she is the one that uses her blood powers which i thought Mm -hmm. was really cool it's just the other side of it and she saves this late this lady in in the bar, a, a, a bystander, because Andre is trying to impress mm. uh, a girl at the bar who is hitting on with his um, soup powers. Yeah. And effectively, it slits her throat. And I love how she kind of just sort of pushes it back into her body to stop mm. her from bleeding out across the dance floor. Do you know, one of the things again with the boys things just come out of places that you just don't expect at all i thought that moment when andre's chatting up the girl in the bar and he uses his magnetism powers to create the uh, the hummingbird and he's yeah. saying he's going to get it into drink i just thought it was a fun little moment and then someone happens to knock him in the arm and it goes through a woman's exactly. neck and almost kills exactly. her it's just the kind of things that you know they talk about you know if things like lightsabers were in the real world there'd be pe- people be walking around with no arms all the time because because uh, nobody could be could keep those safe it's the same thing with these soup powers if they were in the real world people would be dead left right and center uh, because they're too powerful to be out in the real world with other people around them you know you see some of the training things that they do um with 
golden boy uh, where he's training against another another kid in school and yeah. rips off his arms. Luckily, the guy has the power of healing and is able to reattach those <laughs> no, arms. Exactly, but, exactly. Uh, but it was a shocking moment. I definitely didn't expect it to go that far, uh, and I didn't expect this uh, this moment in the in the nightclub to go that far either. Well, that's it. But ultimately, you know, this act of heroism mm-hmm. where she's the only one that doesn't run. She is the yep. one that saves the, the, the lady, but it's rewarded um, by Professor Brink with he's going to expel her yeah. um, because he needs to protect the reputation of, you know, the the top students here, mm-hmm. which is Golden Boy. It's his favorite, uh, Jordan. Mm-hmm. It is... Andre, whose father, um, Polarity is on the trustee board, mm-hmm. uh, of, of the school. All these people need to be protecting. And it's only because we see Golden Boy, uh, getting accepted into the seven. Yeah. And him being shown in his, his soup costume that mm-hmm. will be made for him by Vought, um, well, as he joins the seven. So the one that makes sure the world won't see his balls every time he changes. Exactly. Yeah. Every time so, he uses his powers. Yeah. Because all his clothes burn <laughs> off as yeah. he, he burns bright like, uh, the sun. So, you know, she is kind of being sacrificed here, but mm-hmm. I, I do like Brink's little story in the mm-hmm. sense that he understands that she does realize what it is to be a hero. And he says, most of these other people, including Golden Boy, don't because being a hero is about sacrifice. Yeah. As he tells of just an anecdotal tale of someone jumping into the sea in Scarborough to rescue their dog. Mm -hmm. The dog is rescued, but ultimately the sacrifice is the dog owner's life because he gets washed out into the sea and dies and drowns. So It doesn't make him any less a hero, but that's heroism. And he also does say, and blood powers are not going to be acceptable for middle America. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, in a sense, he absolutely understands that she would be good. Yeah. But he's probably got pressures from Vought and and you name it. So Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, you know, I think in this moment, there's a couple of little touches that the director uses here both um after she's been given that news of being expelled mm-hmm. um and they, they they use these flashbacks of marie back to that opening um mm-hmm. so you see this flashback to her younger sisters and her reaction um where she says you're a monster you killed them mm-hmm. and earlier we get were actually marie kind of bonds with Luke and actually tells him the the truth about her past mm-hmm. in the end and realizes that Luke's brother has also died um Sam mm-hmm. and so you know she tells him the truth and owns up that uh she was lying and says I don't really know why I did that but again as she's going through this there's these flashbacks um which kind of really adds meaning to Marie Marie's uh, recollection here as yep. she's telling um, Luke and Luke in response says, you know, a hero, being a hero is not what it appears. Mm-hmm. If you do it, you do it for you. So even at this stage, I guess he's the closest to being brought into the Vought fold. He's mm-hmm. got some kind of 
inkling or warning from Professor Brink? Well, absolutely. I guess we, we should move on to that. That's our major moment from the episode is Golden Boy versus Brink. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah like uh, obviously we talked about Marie's journey um, throughout the episode, but Golden Boy has his own journey and it's interesting to see. He's the person that is, you know, literally he is named Golden Boy and everybody in the school aspires to be him. Yeah. Um, we see there's other things going on with Golden Boy. He's hearing voices. He's hearing uh, someone call out to, call out to him. Um, you mentioned that he talks to Marie and, and tells her about the, about his past that his uh, his brother has died um, before. And we see a moment when after being offered this place in the seven, and it's still to be confirmed. There'll still be a couple of months before he, he will get to be in the seven. Um, but after that, we see Marie going to confront. Um, Frank and walking into the office and seeing Luke burning his favorite professor up. Yeah, we do. Getting naked effectively with uh, Professor Brink uh, to burn, <laughs> to him, burn up him up and yeah. to turn him into ash effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, so it, it, it's this sudden twist because literally the last kind of uh, scene we saw with these two, mm. he was being accepted into the seven and yeah. Brink was giving him the good news. But so, you saw on the hug between the two of them, you saw. Uh, Luke looking over his shoulder, not very happy with this decision. You saw there was something going on there that he wasn't um, particularly taken with the idea that Brink was bringing him into the Seven. No, but like you say, there's something else going on with Luke because he's hearing voices, you know, Mm -hmm. after he's coked up and hit the molly uh, at the nightclub, Mm -hmm. he actually sees the woods. You know, he's speaking to his girlfriend Kate about Mm -hmm. the nightmares that he, he keeps on having um with with the the woods and he doesn't know what any of it means and you know it's all just kind of down to stress or something like that mm. but in in the club with the all the drug taking he you know he does feel immersed in a woodland mm-hmm. and hears and sees his younger brother yeah. that has died so all of this is kind of playing on his mind uh, throughout uh, this first episode that exactly you see. exactly uh, and then we have the battle between jordan and golden boy as he's trying to chase down marie who's just witnessed the murder of, of brinks um marie gets away <laughs> runs past uh jordan fighting against golden boy i thought was really cool i love the i love the version of the powers effectively as jordan switches between both his male that and female versions cool. yeah and it seems like um they're invincible when they're twisting between male and female versions they, it seems like Every time they take a punch, uh, it doesn't injure them as long as they're changing. So we kind of see that a little bit at with least- when Brink shoots Jordan and she changes from female to male, um, it yeah. stops the bullet. Yeah, so, it, so it's almost like in the male form, Jordan has is almost a, a man of steel. Like mm. like you can, you know, he's um, almost indestructible and made some, you know, it's yeah. like it's maybe that's it, yeah. something like that. And yeah. and then when he's changed his female form, Jordan seems to have the power of quickness. Like mm. she was darting around. It was mainly in the male form that that Jordan kind of had to hold and confront uh, Golden okay. Boy. Yeah, um, and I think. It was whilst in the female form that Jordan manages to get the d- punch in <laughs> on on Golden Boy, which also Emma does say he is uncut as well. Yes, so, yes, because um, you can't cut him like Superman. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> gets the hashtag d- punch in, of mm-hmm. course, on the uncut penis. Yes, hashtag yes, uncut penis. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is going to be a tough season, isn't it? It is going to be hashtags. <laughs> but he does manage to pacify Jordan um, and makes it outside and sees Marie and Andre. But Andre is able to calm him down, telling him, you know, I love you. You're my best friend. What are you doing? Yeah. You, you know, he seems to calm him down enough to be able to get him to realize almost what he's done. Um, and But in that realization yeah. as well, how far he has gone comes to him and... You know, he he does whisper something in Andre's ear as mm-hmm. he then takes off to shine bright like a sun above mm-hmm. uh, the campus of yes. Gaudu before, um, yes. Kerploding. Kerploding. Yeah. It, it's cloudy with a chance of blood, mm-hmm. guts, you name it, I guess, falling down. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. And that's Showering. the first episode of, uh, of Gen V. What did you think of the episode overall, John? I really, really like this. I felt this just absolutely hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. It just great introduction to Marie here. I love the kind of fish out of water uh, um, vibe that she has at Goju. Even though it's where she wants to be, it's like all the other students are looking at her as though um, she's slightly weird because she's constantly having to sort of ask about certain things like Insta or TikTok or mm-hmm. has to Can keep I have saying your phone, please? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't have a phone uh-huh. she keeps saying so um loved all that obviously loads of great stuff with Emma um mm-hmm. it include you know riding the 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 pale horse uh the mm-hmm. and uh I just thought wow but potentially you know, with some difficult stuff ahead around how she has to um, sort of activate her yeah. superpowers. Um, again, the ending, loads of intrigue there with um, the death of Brink. So for me, yeah. I give the, to Luke? Yeah. yeah. So, and what happened to Luke? Uh, and also seemingly involving his his brother and mm-hmm. um, so i give this uh four and a half period powers out of five there you go what a great start to the yeah. season um i just wanted a quick note uh that i didn't mention i did love in the speech about uh, about the school that some of the former alumni from the crimson countess performing arts yes. school have gone on to such shows as so you think you've got super talent pretty <laughs> little liars and riverdale <laughs> so that's yeah. how the riverdale cast got their abs absolutely um, there you go they were all yeah. super and also the other uh, sort of nickname or soup name that Andre comes up with for uh, Marie is Coagula um, yes. as well, which is quite good. It's quite smart. I, it like is, it. I like that one a lot. I thought that was smart. And again, just that little bit of connection with Andre, certainly after the end of this episode being... Um, well, re- actually remaining mm-hmm. <laughs> in at Gaju, unlike uh, Golden Boy, who's yeah. you know caploded himself effectively. Exactly. And exactly. um, so, you know, just that little bit of connection there with Andre, especially um, given the the both of them saw this um, kind of escapee running mm-hmm. through the campus. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we've got one last piece of business for this episode before we move on to episode two. John, what's the pub quiz question for this episode? Yes, fellow boys and girls, fellow quizzers, we are kicking off a new pub quiz for Gen V. It is student night at the pub. Um, Mm -hmm. It is quiz night at the pub. Uh, So question one for episode one. 
What year was the Red River Institute established? Very good. So that's the Institute for Orphaned Soups, where Marie was. Yes. Do you want to get the question one more time, John? Certainly. What year was the Red River Institute established? Great stuff. We are going to head on to episode two. You can pause there if you haven't seen episode two yet, two yet or carry straight on through with us. Let's go on to Gen V episode two, first day. I knew I had to stop Golden Boy before he killed more innocent people. It was down to me. Where did you find that kind of courage? I'm superhuman, right? I'm made of steel. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Boys Gen V podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We are talking about and on to Gen V Season 1, Episode 2, First Day. Mm-hmm. Just not of the rest of your life if you're Luke. Well, exactly, exactly. You know, when this episode started and I realized that they hadn't even started classes yet and everything that happened in the first episode happened, I thought they were there for about, you know, <laughs> the first week of college. This the, this is the first day of, of the university starting now in the second episode. So lots has already gone on for poor uh, poor Marie uh, on her after arrival at, uh, at Godview. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even just the opening of this with, like, no lucky lose, mm. it sounds like that real kind of, as though you speaking to children Mm -hmm. like rather than like keep out stay out you know or police forensic line or whatever it might be it's Mm -hmm. like no lucky lose and we see it on uh, professor brink's door as well yes so it's kind of like okay they might be at university but it seems like they are still being treated like children even by the university themselves Um, but there's no lucky lose whilst the cleanup of golden boy is in active operation yeah and i do like that those signs all have black noir on them who's probably one of the most brutal of the uh, of (laughs) the soups uh, out there in the seventh so he's probably uh, had lots of those uh, bloody events uh, surrounding him good stuff let's go straight into our coverage of episode two of uh, of the show Yes. Derek, what are some of the episode details for episode two, first day? Well, showrunners for the entire show are Michelle Fasekas and Tara Butters. Uh, these are, of course, based on the comic series from Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Executive producers include Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, this episode was written by Zach Swartz and Brant Engelstein. Uh, Zach was a writer and producer on Snowpiercer. Oh, okay. And Brant also came from Agent Carter. And we covered him earlier on this year for his episode of Secret Invasion as well. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Over here, moving over from Marvel over into, uh, over into the boys' universe with Gen V. Yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. And this episode was once again directed by Nelson Craig, who directed episode one. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Gen V, episode two, first day. Sure. As the blood and guts of Golden Boy get cleaned up at Godolkin University, the students begin the first day of the new year. While the trustees and Vought try to figure out how best to reclaim the narrative and spin themselves out of trouble following the previous night's tragedy. 
Dean Shetty convinces Vault CEO Ashley Barrett to lead with Andre and Marie as the Guardians of Godolkin, while omitting Jordan's role and casting Golden Boy as a trouble junkster with a chronic drug addiction. And the university prepares for a fundraising gala in memory of Professor Brinkerhoff. But as the day unfolds, Jordan Lee challenges Marie to tell the truth of that night. But as Marie gets star treatment from Godolkin and Vought with a primetime interview, she doesn't correct the record. Meanwhile, Andre skips his big interview as he and Kate investigate Luke's final words to Andre, finding a mobile phone with a final message from Golden Boy who discovers Brink's knowledge of an underground facility at Godolkin where his brother Sam is being held. Mm. As Andre tries to find the testing facility, he is almost caught and killed by armed security guards, only to be rescued by Kate, as the mystery of the woods deepens. Yes, it does. It certainly, certainly does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice to see Ashley back uh, in this episode. She had a little uh, post credit scene uh, in the last episode, um, but here we have her talking on the phone. In usual Ashley fashion. Yeah, and in typical Vought fashion as well. Yeah, Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, this, actually. You know, just this little bit of the boys oozing in, just this this corporate panic Mm -hmm. stations, you know, to sort of reclaim this narrative. Well, yeah, she Um, also had millions of dollars worth of merch for Golden Boy that has to go to a a recycling place (laughs) now. Or to a a skip, a a, a, a bonfire. Yeah, I don't Um, think there's much recycling in the boys' world. No, I don't think so (laughs) uh, at all. Like, um, I think, you know, it it was just really, really good as the the trust is wrong with Vaughn, you know, and you have Ashley Mm -hmm. sort of saying, put me on private, you know, and it's like telling um, Dean Shetty just what she needs to do. So, um, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, all the Vaught um, social media managers and leaders and and sort of, and the VP in charge of uh, media Mm -hmm. all being sort of helicoptered into this university in order to salvage the kind of reputation. I mean, we even see it on the news as Mm -hmm. well, which is really good where it's like, and in a vault poll, it was rated the best university in the country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Seven times in a row. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, Yeah, it, it was really good, but I mean, I, I do think this was really good, you know, kind of chuck Golden Boy under the bus mm. as the troubled um, young adult with a drug problem, even though it's certainly not what uh, even Professor Brink would have wanted here. Exactly, um, exactly. And also then, you know, oh, and we'll throw in a memorial gala to boot, uh, yeah. you know, so that we can have the TV and all that there as well. Yeah, yeah, so we can really get, get more investment for the college, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we also see a little bit more control of that uh, of that leaderboard as well. Um, the leaderboard is chosen by Voss, effectively. That's the whole purpose of it, so they even call out that um, Jordan couldn't possibly be number one on the board because Jordan has gender-swapping abilities, and that's not going to play well, so they can't possibly be at number one. So I guess Andre's the one we're going to put up there at number one. Yeah. And Marie makes the top ten instead. Yeah. Mm, so Which is interesting, yeah. Yes, yeah, she's number eight. I think mm-hmm. she gets two, um, and and Andre is put at at number one. That number one slash, yeah. Shall we get into our first point, our freshman point of the episode? I promise we're not doing this on purpose because um, 
little cricket Emma is the smallest character, <laughs> but she is getting the minor moment uh, from this episode as well as she got out of the first episode. <laughs> yeah, but also as well, when we say minor moment, it can be small but highly impactful. Exactly. Like Emma. Like this one, um, yes. But this one is a little bit more kind of tough for Emma because mm-hmm. little cricket's power, or at least how she is able to become little cricket, does get shared online by... Um, one of the girls called Justine, who's mm-hmm. in her class at acting. And it's like, um, you know, Emma's telling her and is partnering up with this girl, um, who, you know, seems to be really supportive. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that they're doing a video for their course. Mm-hmm. And Emma's like, well, do you want me to just get small? And she's yep. like, no, no, who do you want to be? And obviously Emma's got a really big crush for, um, Queen Maeve well, yeah. wants to be Queen Maeve yeah. and this girl saying will you be Queen Maeve then what we hear is that Emma's mum comes from you know TV stardom celebrityism mm. so you can sense that there's pressures here on, on Emma mm-hmm. uh, but here you seem to have a Justine who seems to be really understanding um, yeah yeah, of that, and, and it really, really supports it. Yeah, and it really does play into one of those fears, really, that yeah. you have when you're meeting new people in college. If you're of that age group and you have people sharing everything online, um, how can you know that you have a real moment and a real connection with somebody? Um, Emma seems like she's made a new friend in Justine and is telling her this big secret um, that she has to throw up to to get herself small and. Justine just goes out and shares it on her own YouTube channel to create content and get followers, basically, you know? Um, We've heard that Emma has been running this TikTok channel for years. Little Cricket has built up her audience and built up a a group of people. We did see last episode that um, those comments that are coming in on her channel aren't terribly complimentary of uh, of Little Cricket at this stage. Um, But at least she's done it, and she's done that work herself with her power, turning it into her advantage in some way. Whereas here we have Justine um, effectively just using the pain of others to gain herself followers. Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, you know, this this is a real tough thing. And again, it's opening up more of, of Emma's superpower Mm -hmm. but what she has to do to achieve it i mean in many respects there is always that kind of sacrifice Mm -hmm. hers is actually she's taking something like purging you know which can be linked to anorexia Mm. and all this um you know which is a really bad condition really um can you know socially psychologically Mm -hmm. there are issues behind that um but that's the only way she is able to activate um, becoming small, which is her superpower. Yeah. And whilst we don't hear it here, it'll be interesting to hear Emma's perspective on her having to do that. You know, yeah, because but- it's just being treated like a um, isn't it an awful uh, eating disorder that she has. And Emma's going to go, no, no, this is how I get um, how I get small. This is how I use my superpower, you know, in the same way that Golden Boy, his clothes burn off when he uses his superpower. Yeah. Or Marie, who has to cut herself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In the same way, this is just the thing that she has to do yeah. to, to get small. So it's not an eating an eating disorder. It's just part of the, of what comes with being injected with Compound V as a kid. Um, but it, it, it's I think it's a really interesting moment. And again, yeah. Emma 
is a really good character, really, really good to watch in each episode so far. Uh, let's go on to our medium moment, John, the investigation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, of so- Polarity's groin. Yes. Um, this has undertones of uh, father-son relationships that shouldn't <laughs> happen, um, as we do realise here that Luke... Um, whispered to andre that your dad has it Mm -hmm. um and andre is really kind of wanting to investigate this and this this is coming down to the fact that you know you see a real bond between him and jordan and kate here actually Mm -hmm. at the expense of marie in many respects a bit yeah Um, marie's marie's pretty comfortable in telling them she doesn't want to be part of it though no Uh, agreed yeah Yeah, and and marie will give back as good as she gets Mm -hmm. uh, for sure uh but it, it leads to Andre um, ripping a huge hole in his father's um, super underpants, um, but of his statue. Well, his statue, yes, yes not his actual father. Not yes. his actual father. <laughs> but uh, yes, it is yeah. laced with um, problematic father-son relationships Definitely. here Definitely. Uh, in, in this moment. As he pulls out a mobile phone uh, from his dad's groin, mm-hmm. um which has videos of of Luke um, on it, mm-hmm. telling via the video that he knows that Sam, his brother, is still alive and that mm-hmm. Brink is involved with a secret facility beneath the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the guy that um, Marie had stopped uh escaping yeah. from the campus security as she thought at the time absolutely and even more shockingly to andre he helped her and yeah. this was his best friend's little brother you yeah. know he was pretty brutally beaten by campus security uh, and andre effectively let that happen yeah to, to Def- his mate's definitely brother, yeah. i yeah. think the interesting thing here as well is that you know it's it's tied up into the fact that both Andre and Kate, mm-hmm. as well as Jordan, you know, see the trashing of Luke being done by the university's media yeah. program yeah. with Vought. You know, you've got, as I say, VP in charge of media. Uh, Haley Miller has been parachuted in by mm-hmm. uh, Vought. You've got Jeff, who <laughs> is Vought's social media director, mm-hmm. you know, who actually gives Marie a phone. So Marie now has a phone, everyone. Yes, uh, hallelujah. And, you know... It's a very nice clothes now. They're well. all yeah. there to promote um, Marie and Andre. But in a sense, it doesn't sit well with Andre here because he knows what Luke said to him. Mm-hmm. He, he was his best friend. Uh, he wants to understand what Luke said to him, but all the time... Um, his best friend is being trashed um, in all the news clips on campus. So it it sits least well with Andre, Mm -hmm. possibly Jordan as well, because she was there as well. Yeah. You know, but it impacts his big interview. It impacts all his dad's wishes Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, of his son's big chance. Um, You know, he wants his son to be like him polarity mm-hmm. you know he's living through his son and you get a big sense of that and you see him getting more and more anxious as the chance passes by because andre has skipped this big interview yeah. effectively to go in and check brink's office where mm-hmm. he finds a file on the woods and 
uh, Sam exactly. uh, is on file as well. His best friend's brother, who his best friend thought was dead. Yeah. So you know this this kind of mystery uh, and investigation here because Andre doesn't want to stop there. So mm-hmm. like you know if beforehand being top ranked or second ranked to his best friend was what he was happy with, what he, he was, was striving it, for, yeah. you know now none of that matters to him mm-hmm. because of what's happened and because of how it's being treated. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, because as well, I think to our, our major, our senior moment, it's almost the opposite for Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, with all this attention going on. So I really liked Andre here, uh, a lot as he, as he then goes investigating to try and, get into and access this mm-hmm. underground facility. Not maybe not fully realizing what it is, but soon realizes that, okay, I'm in a little deep here as just a normal janitor, mm-hmm. uh, effectively gets killed, gets killed by exactly. three guards and um, security guards to to the facility. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like that we get to see Kate's power used even more this episode, I thought. Um yeah. most parents would be pretty frightened seeing what her power what her power is like where she's able to just touch someone in, in, as we saw in the first episode in the nightclub and say just let us in um, and and he'll instantly go with it here we get a uh, her pushing um the security guards that are uh, that are about to take down andre um to completely disregard him in favor of uh, of doing a fellatio on a torch, um, followed by uh, another act with <laughs> that torch. Stick the flashlight up your tight chocolate starfish. That's the one. Is, yeah. is the exact words yeah. uh, <laughs> used by by Kate yeah. and for Tuesday. I mean, Absolutely, like, they've just killed an innocent uh, janitor exactly. and cleaner. So, yeah. quite frankly. Um, yeah, they could shove a few more things on well, the, yeah. the chocolate starfish as well, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. But another element that we see from the boys is it also takes this massive toll on yeah. uh, on Kate as she uses it. She can use it a little bit, but if she pushes too far, if she makes people, uh, too many people do things, um, it will take a massive toll on her. And we see at the end of the episode, uh, she falls down the stairs effectively to, uh, into the arms of Andre as she... Uh, has used too much of her powers there. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, also, uh, I mentioned there when they go and visit um, Luke's place, his apartment or his uh, his uh, uh, rooms on campus, uh, everything's been taken out. Yep. Everything's been uh, totally taken away, including the drawer full of dildos. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, For chocolate starfishes, I guess. Possibly, yes. Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I just, you know, again, this cover up going on from Vought all the time, and these kids are kind of falling into it, falling into this discovery of what the real world is yeah. like, effectively. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe he just had a regular starfish in an aquarium. Maybe, maybe. Possibly. I guess that's it, really, from the investigation in this episode. We know it's kicking off. We know that they now know about uh, the the fact that Luke's uh, brother is still alive and that the facility is underneath uh, Gadalkin yep. University. So on to our senior moment, on to our major moment uh, from the episode, which is the big interview and tensions uh, around Marie. So yeah. uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier on a little bit, but I, I did like I did kind of find this interesting where Marie is kind of laying it on the line with Andre yep. um, and with Jordan kind of going, look, you guys came here with prestigious results. You are the tops in this college and you have people literally willing to 
expel me from the school just to protect your reputation. And it wasn't just Brinks. It was also many of the other classmates on campus who are willing to protect you. I've got nothing and nobody. And if I fall into this investigation of what happened to your friend, who I didn't even know, went out for one night with, then I'm putting myself at way more risk than you are. Yeah. I really like that. I do. I I really like this exchange, actually, because I I think for two reasons. Just because, like I was saying, Marie's experience is... It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. She didn't know Luke. Actually, he was trying to kill her as well. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, she's been thrust into something which, um, you know, like she said, is something I've never had. Yeah. Uh, You know, Andre is there sort of procrastinating to her because of where he is about, you know, that you're just going to step over Luke's dead body, really, Mm -hmm. to make it big. And she just, you know, comes back, you know. I don't know you, and you don't know me. You know, I had nothing. And I'm sorry that Luke is dead. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that Brink is dead. But just leave me out of it. Like, you know, and this is the thing, is that she is absolutely sorry about what is happening. But in Mm -hmm. a sense, she's been thrust into this by Dean Shetty and by Vought. She's new there. Um... You know, you kind of have her and Emma um, having a real tense moment because mm-hmm. it's like, I should have just, you know, why did you make me go uh, to the club with these guys? Yeah. You yeah. know, I should have just stayed back and gone with my mantra, which is, you know, get up, work hard mm-hmm. and go to class and, and all that. Yeah. And, and, and to try and make it. And, exactly. you know, she just stepped outside of her discipline, Mm -hmm. and it ended up with her getting expelled. But the chances are the death of Brinks has meant she's been given a reprieve here, and now the reprieve is even more that she is getting all this attention from Mm -hmm. Dean Shetty as well as Vought, particularly from um, Hayley Miller, the VP in charge of the interview. Mm -hmm. So, you know... All this is all it's just the difference between the two of them. And I, I just really enjoyed uh, how, how this played out. Yeah. And, and and even just the way that they've created this story around Marie, because, you know, again, just watch the, ep- the first episode. Um, she went to confront Brink for expelling her, saw what was happening. Yeah. And then ran um, because Luke was threatening to kill her for being a witness. Jordan did stop him. And then. Um, Andre stopped him again by his friendship, effectively. Yeah. Marie actually didn't do anything at all other than seeing it and running. And she couldn't have. I'm not, I'm not criticizing her by, in, in, any, in any way at all. But Vought have created this narrative that because she's the, the guardian of Godolkin, she's the one that caused the death of Luke, stopping <laughs> him being the murderer, you know? Um, well, I so. do like the choice with the VP, uh, Haley Miller, just mm-hmm. saying... Yeah, we're still workshopping it, but at the moment it's like Guardians of Godolkin, but I think there's too many consonants here. <laughs> and by the end of it, yeah. there's too many syllables uh-huh. uh, playing out here. Uh, and I do love that sort of with Andre skipping it, it's the Guardian mm-hmm. of Godolkin it becomes. And of course, like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy effectively exactly. Exactly. Uh, being riffed here. But like, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like... The other side of this is because, you know, again, 
interview and so on. But Maria Moreau has now been invited into Brink's Crime Stopper or mm-hmm. Intro Class, which is now being headed by Dean Shetty. Um, and you he- have here Jordan challenging Marie after the class, you know, to tell the truth about what happened. Mm. That it was they that saved her from Luke and prevented Luke from probably doing more damage. And she has this chance to um, correct that record. But whether it is in that moment of Marie's interview or the fact that ultimately, as she finds out, it's all just scripted by Vought Mm -hmm. Central Office anyway, um, she doesn't expose that truth and she doesn't credit Jordan and takes those plaudits. Um, But in the interview as well, she does handle herself quite well because Mm -hmm. she is, um, you know, thrown a curveball of the fact that Vought has tried to reach out to her younger sister that she hasn't seen, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, and isn't willing to sort of comment on on any of this. So again, you know, you you see that being dragged up uh, here. Yeah. And the fact that she mentioned it to, uh, to the Dean of Students, Dean Shetty, um, that she wanted to make her sister proud of her by becoming a famous crime fighter and making enough money to get them back together. So, um, even though Shetty denies it, very likely that she's the one that passed on the information to uh, to Haley, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. um, the other side of it, you know, the slight breakdown between Marie and and Emma as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when, a, after the interview, as Marie goes back to the dorm, you know, she kind of as she walks in says she thinks she effed up by doing what she did mm-hmm. in the interview, but there is no Emma to talk to in in the dorm. Exactly. You know? So. Yeah. And yeah, you, you kind of get the sense that, you know, Dean Shetty being hugely manipulative of this young lady, mm-hmm. you know, coming from an institution like Red River as mm-hmm. an orphan, potentially with issues of trust yeah. um, and so on. And so, where she's literally told that if she goes back there, she's going to be going through a facility way yeah. worse than the orphanage yeah. was. Yeah. So, you know, for Marie, you can sense her motivation and it's right. You know, yeah. she wants to make sure that she doesn't go back to that institute. And exactly. that's why I just think, you know, her conversation with Jordan, but also with Andre and just giving her perspective and saying, it's not that I'm not in agreement with you, mm-hmm. but, I need to look after myself because exactly. I have nothing. Because nobody else will. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, any notes about the episode? Anything else you want to talk about other than our major moments, John? Uh, no, nothing from my side. A few quick ones from me. I thought it was really cool seeing uh, PJ Byrne back as the director from from Vault, Adam Burke. That's true. Uh, back yeah. t- teaching um, the film class uh, as punishment for coming on to um, an actress that, uh, that has a bit more power uh, within the structure. So I thought that was quite fun. Uh, him being stuck here and saying you know if you're sad about your friend use this use this that's what you have to do yeah, exactly. uh, really enjoyed that and also another one of the uses of kate's power that i really enjoyed in this episode was when uh, rufus the blonde haired kid who's actually from supernatural he was yes. in the final couple of seasons from supernatural uh, where he is told that he has to um tell the joke that he was telling his mates to kate um and she punishes him for his criticism of uh, of kate's relationship um by Tell him to go and get himself a baseball bat and hit himself in the nuts repeatedly every hour, uh, saying Jumanji. <laughs> and we see it in the background yeah, later the background, on in the episode. Really good, Thought that was yeah. great. Uh, even at that memorial as well, just seeing the uh, the student with the really long arms uh, 
putting out her arm and videoing herself for for her socials crying and then instantly the waterworks switch off <laughs> and she walks away and seeing Jordan's reaction to someone pretending that they knew Brink uh, to the point that his death would make them cry. Uh, really like that. Yeah, so. I do have one quick note as mm-hmm. well because we, the reason why Jordan isn't actually picked uh, to lead with Andre mm-hmm. is because that they won't play well in Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. um, and other areas like that because of the gender identity um, aspects. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It seemed like Professor Brink had, you know, um, a soft spot for Jordan. Absolutely. Um, and that no one really else in the school, certainly Dean Shetty or the other trustees had the same kind of um, soft spot for him. Well, exactly. exactly. Even, I think, um, Ashley on her call with uh, with Dean Shetty uh, says she's just got too much pronoun stuff going on, basically. Yeah, uh, exactly. At least that's not exactly the word she said, but very close to. Um, John, what did you think of the second episode of Gen V? I would give this uh, four hot chocolate starfishes out of five. Um, yeah. yeah, I again, really solid here. I, I really am enjoying Marie, and mm-hmm. I think Andre here it are, is superb. Um, I like the fact that, you know, in a very quick sh- turnaround, you know, Marie has gone from being expelled, but to being the, the face of Godolkin mm-hmm. in the aftermath of this tragedy. Uh, whereas her relationship with Emma... And with Andre and Kate and Jordan, who she went out with the night before, before mm-hmm. this tragedy, um, it, it is all starting to fray a little because yeah. of, um, you know, her sudden uh, zoom up the rankings to mm-hmm. number eight. I think, you know, we have Dean Shetty saying, you know, at number eight, you're the first freshman ever to make the top 10 mm-hmm. of uh, the rankings. And so it's just... Interesting. It's almost like in microcosm what fame will do to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I remember this is the first day of the I new know, year exactly. and she's and she's jumped into position eight yeah, on the charts. Exactly. Um, can you imagine what that would be like in school if if it was a real time chart? Like I understand at the end of a year It'd be blood. You know, yeah, but like I understand at the end of the year they go through the grades and they will say who came top of the top of the year. But can you imagine at the beginning of the year there's suddenly the scoreboard that's up and it's everywhere. I mean, even like, now it's like, you know, there are so many hormones at play going through your teenage years mm. and in university and all these changes happening in your life. I mean, it'd be pure and utter mayhem, carnage. chaos, carnage, yeah, yeah you name yeah, it. With, with, if if this competitive thing i mean i guess that's why they do houses rather than mm. individuals yeah and um, maybe there's just a satirical element here of you know mm-hmm. the whole boys thing around you know this uber 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 competitive um world and how you're supposed to navigate that you know as a critique of Absolutely. it in a sense. but uh yeah i really like this i would give it uh, four hot chocolatey starfishes out of five. Um, and even with Andre, I think that investigation, the start of that, really intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Let's go and grab a drink, John. Yes, fellow boys and girls, fellow quizzes. Um, welcome to the second part of the Boys Gen V pub quiz. It is the Saturday night on the tiles it is happy hour 
for students and we're down at the pub trying to listen in uh, slightly tipsy to Mm -hmm. the quiz master it is question two from episode two which band did andre's father polarity save at Lollapalooza when he was young (laughs) (laughs) i did like this joke but yes (laughs) john give it one more time which band did Andre's father Polarity save at Lollapalooza when he was young? Very good. Uh, yeah. Yes. Also, because I used to quite like this band did you? as well. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I, I went through I would, a moment yeah. of these types of bands, okay. to be honest. Okay. Very good. Um, has a little connection with Golden Boy as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm, Very good. Good stuff. That's the second question. Uh, Collect all eight answers together at the end of the season and email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to be with a chance of getting your hands on some Gen V goodies. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode, the second episode of Gen V. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with the third episode of Gen V that was released on the 29th of September. Okay, so the GPS tags connected to my phone. Remember, just recon, no tiny action hero shit. I think this is where they're keeping him, but if you see anything shady, just... Bail. What's his room number again? Northwest Wing 4. I'll see you in an hour. Got it. Get it. Got it. Good. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm just still stoned. Sweet Jesus. Okay, just be careful, okay? You got it. Welcome back, fellow boys and girls, to our third episode in the epic session that is Gen V Season 1. We're on to hashtag ThinkBrink. Should remind you that uh, I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow boys and girls. Yes, <laughs> welcome back. I am your other host for this episode, John. Yeah, and we didn't even mention that poor Chris hasn't been able to join us uh, for these episodes, just purely because of the amount of stuff that we're covering at the moment. He only has a certain amount of episodes that he can record with us. Yes. So... Uh, so he will be back later on in the season for Gen V, and he has definitely been enjoying it. We were talking to him about it uh, on one of our other podcasts uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, when he watched the first three episodes. So he is really enjoying it. Can't wait to come on board. Uh, this, of course, a show that Chris brought us, The Boys. We hadn't heard of The Boys before Chris told us we had to watch the first season, and it's now one of our biggest shows on the podcast. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so and of course, whilst yeah. we are hashtag thinking about brinking, mm-hmm. um, we should mention uh, you know Clancy Brown did yes. uh, play... Uh, does play Professor Brink. Mm-hmm. And of course, on the other show that we're covering at the moment, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, mm-hmm. he was the sort of governor of, um, Lothal on, in the first episode. He was. And we also cover him on our coverage of Invincible because he's one of the characters in there. Yes. He was one of the, one of the characters in there. So, so good um, stuff. Yeah. So we'll get him back for Invincible season two, hopefully, uh, which is coming out in November. Always good to get Clancy Brown involved. Mm-hmm. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Good stuff. Let's pop in to our discussion. Uh, we should remind you that you can subscribe to the podcast by going over to tvpodcastindustries.com. And if you have any thoughts on Gen V so far, we'd love to hear them. Uh, email us into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. There'll be spoiler posts up there for each of the episodes. Yes. Also, a quick reminder, we'll be getting into our third installment of the Gen V pub quiz, mm-hmm. fellow boys and girls. 
And it is just that reminder again to gather all eight answers for the pub quiz questions at the end of the season and email them into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com mm-hmm. uh, to be in with a chance to get your hands on some Gen V goodies. Can It won't be dildos, uh, for sure. <laughs> You're really pushing this uh, PG podcast. Thing, I don't certainly you? am. You are, as always. Good stuff. But they were in the show. They were. I'm just being factual. Yes. Absolutely. Well, let's get on to the episode details for the show. Again, this show is based on the comic series, of course, from Garth Ennis and Dark Robertson. Uh, Produced for the show, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Eric Kripke, and many, many more. Uh, this episode was written by Erica Rosby, uh, previously a writer of lots of animated shows, including nine episodes of Rick and Morty. Good stuff. Interestingly, yeah. yeah, yeah very, very, uh, very different uh, sense of humor. Uh, but... At times, uh, quite similar, I suppose. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode was directed by Phil Scricchia. Uh, Phil was a lead producer on The Boys, directing four episodes of the show, and worked with Eric Kripke on Supernatural, directing 45 episodes wow. of Supernatural. It did go on 15 seasons. It did. And but... I think we watched, yeah, we watched every single episode of Supernatural. Yeah. We really loved that show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but when do you get, you know, 45 episodes of TV? <laughs> Like, you know, we were just Mm -hmm. saying that sort of recently about how, you know, writers now that come on and do, you know, one episode of a six episode show that's maybe just one season Mm -hmm. or a couple through course of three seasons or, you know, where there's only eight shows maximum in a season. Mm -hmm. And even just thinking back to Supernatural, even... Like with Agent Carter mm-hmm. um, and Agents of Shield for uh, the showrunners of Gen V, yeah, um, just the amount of episodes available mm-hmm. for you to really hone on in. Absolutely, know? twenty-two episode seasons back in those days, John. Absolutely, it's all changed. It's all changed. Good stuff, John. Do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Gen V episode three? Hashtag Think Brink. Sure. At the Think Brink Gala, the soup's parents descend on the university to mingle and hobnob with all the guests. But tensions begin to surface about Jordan's identity with their dad, while Emma soon realises that her mother may not always have her best interests at heart, as she tries to sell Emma's story as a real-life docudrama to Vought. As the gala becomes less and less about hashtag Think Brink, and more and more about money, Marie also begins to see that Dean Shetty has been using her to save her own neck following the fallout of Brinkerhoff's death and reverse falling donations to the university. Unable to shake the need to be a true hero despite warnings from Kate, Andre desperately tries to think of a way to access the secure experimental facility at Godolkin to scope out a rescue for Golden Boy's brother, Sam. After enlisting Emma to shrink down and access the facility, Andre realises that his father, Polarity, also knows about it and warns him to drop it before he gets himself killed. Deep undersized and high as a kite, Emma infiltrates Sam's cell, where she convinces him that she is real. Building up a rapport with Sam, Emma tells him that Luke and his friends want to break him out of his prison. When a prison-wide alarm sounds and the facility goes into lockdown, knowing that someone has broken in, a guard arrives in Sam's cell. And before she knows it, Emma, to protect herself and Sam, does the grossest thing possible and heroically forces her way through his cranium, killing him. Emerging from his ear hole, covered in blood, 
More guards arrive into Sam's cell. You know, it's tough on these shows calling something the grossest thing ever because there's been lots and lots of gross things that have happened on this show. But this is up there, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not the grossest thing, but for Emma it is because she's covered in blood. And I guess she's had to kind of hold her breath Mm. as she has walked, essentially, uh, from one ear hole to the next through someone's sort of sweetbreads, Mm. effectively. So, um, yeah, it is pretty, pretty grim. It is. Uh, But I do really uh, enjoy that whole scene down in Mm -hmm. the woods with Emma. Yeah, uh, and Sam actually, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Let's we'll, we will, of course, talk about that as we get through our moments from the episode. Let's start out with a freshman or minor moment from the episode, uh, a, a small moment but a, an important moment yeah. in the episode. As Polaris uh, speaks to Andre, his son, um, after finding out that Andre's learnt of the underground woods, uh, we get a warning from Polaris to back off and not speak to anybody about what he knows. Um, to Andre, or else he may be killed, effectively. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, this is really good, because Andre really is kind of being consumed by um, this, really, in the aftermath of uh, Luke's death. Mm-hmm. Although we do have him and Kate sort of connecting in, yes, in this episode. Uh, but, you know, he really wants to kind of... You know, rescue Sam. Um, but Kate here warning him, you know, don't do anything stupid. Like she says, look, I can touch you and tell you not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of, you know, says, I know you wouldn't do that yeah. as he takes her glove off. I really like that moment. But, you know, this is where Kate's warning to him really comes hitting home for him because mm-hmm. it is his father, uh, Polarity, uh, saying to him, I think I call him Polaris. It's polarity. Of course it is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Warns him, you know, to drop this notion of being an actual hero mm-hmm. and especially around um, saving Sam from the underground hospital. Um, and following it up, Polarity says, um, you know, or you'll get yourself killed. Yeah. Like, this is serious. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, as, but I, I like the fact that it's just, you know, he's hugging him tight, mm. whispering it into his ear as this memorial gala is taking place as yeah. well. Really yeah. good little moment, actually. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, we understand in this world of soups in the boys that most of these adults who may have worked for Vault in the past are fully aware of how the world works. You know, um, while he may not have prepared Andre for that as such, Andre is being pushed by polarity to take on his old mantle. So he knows Andre is going to understand this stuff at some point, but he's been kind of keeping it from him, it seems. Um, Andre didn't seem to believe that his father could know about uh, what's going on with Denise uh, Gaudu. Exactly. And, And as well, all the way through this episode, Andre is distracted from, you know, what to his father believes to be the most important thing which is this gala it's you know speaking with the trustees getting your ratings up with the trustees mm-hmm. you know putting yourself out there making that impression and andre's been all 
kind of distracted from that, constantly saying, well, I need to go to the loo, you know, almost trying to get out of it. Again, mm-hmm. feeling very comfortable about what he's having to do at this gala memorial mm-hmm. and be this number one student and is making excuses all over the shop yeah. with um, with his father, you know? Absolutely. Because um, his dad thinks he's blown it by missing the interview. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't got his prime time uh event interview well exactly uh, to to rocket him into uh soup stardom mm-hmm. so I, I, this was a really good moment here because you know now as well polarity knows exactly uh why his son is distracted here exactly exactly uh, i did want to ask something about uh, about kate's powers I, i'm wondering about them here um her telling the story of of when the powers first manifest manifested themselves for kate that she touched her brother on the shoulder and said, leave and never come back. And he was never seen again afterwards. I'm wondering, could Kate have touched Andre's hand and said, don't do anything stupid. And he never does anything stupid again for the rest of his life. <laughs> Would that have been an interesting use for parents? Well, Would yeah. it work? Would it work? It, 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 it must do. Because it seems like go away and never come back is quite non-specific. And they never find her brother's body yeah. at all. Or and, him ever again. You yeah. know, you, you could hear, be alive somewhere, that's the thing, and then they will never know. Yeah, and right. you hear Kate telling Marie that her mum and dad never um, touched or, or spoke with her again after that, you know? Yeah, which is pretty brutal when they're the ones that have injected her with Compound V exactly, to get superpowers, exactly. you know? Uh, and you hear that again with Marie's being told, you know, don't shed a tear over your parents anymore. I know you may have killed them, but they're the ones that injected you with this to try and get fame yeah, and wealth. Exactly. You know? so, um, it's not your fault you were given compound V as a mm-hmm. baby, effectively. Exactly. So, yeah, really, really, um, you know, quite uh, rebellious, powerful mm-hmm. stuff, you know, yeah. um, I think here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this links into our sophomore moment as mm-hmm. well. Uh, our, our medium moments, you know, the parents at the hashtag Think Brink Gala. Yes. I mean, I actually really loved all of this because it is the whole notion, like with Andre and his, his father, mm-hmm. but with all of them, not even ones that used to be soups as well. Um, the overbearing parent pushing. Absolutely their children down a path that they just simply don't want to go down. And you see that here across multiple uh, members of this group um, here, even from Kate in that kind of, you know, make up moment between Kate Jordan with Marie, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I thought it was really, really good in particular, the one around Jordan where you have, you know, effectively, um Jordan's father just being absolutely strung up about which identity mm-hmm. um in his mind his son uh keeps taking yeah um whereas you know he says you are my firstborn you have a choice and i love that jordan comes back to say, you know, I've always just been me, whether I've taken my female or male form. Mm -hmm. uh, And if you can't see that, you know, well, then pity you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, you don't quite know as well, maybe with Jordan's mom, she seems like she's just trying to tell her husband to just stop, like Mm -hmm. stop digging your own hole. 
yeah. you know, and digging it deeper and deeper. Well, you just got to keep that in your back, in the back of your mind every time when you're talking to these parents or when you're seeing these parents. These p- parents injected their children with an experimental drug to give them superpowers, not even knowing what those superpowers yeah. were going to be. Um, we saw the, a, a, a kind of a comedy version of that in uh, The Boys Diabolical, the animated spinoff of The Boys, where uh, parents were, were disgusted by some of their children's powers and threw them into uh, into an, an orphanage. The one was the Mexican so. paddling pool. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, like- so, um, so there's that. There's there's those types of parents, and then there's these types of parents who felt like they were giving their children the best leg up possible. They're in the best school. Um, Jordan is, you know, still top three in that school. You yeah. know, it's very high up in the school, but um, their father can't accept that they will change gender uh, into male or female at will. Uh, and is saying, you know, I'm not, it's not like I don't, I, I don't respect people who have, um, who have different identities of gender to me, but I don't respect you because you change into female when you can just choose to be male at all times. I feel like you're doing it to undermine me. You're doing it as an attack on me. And Jordan's reaction to it kind of going, well, I'm still the kid that played PlayStation. I'm still the kid that enjoyed doing the things I did. I've always been who I am, regardless of whether I'm male or female. Well, then even Um, that good moment as they arrive at the dorm and Jordan is is having sex with one of the other students Mm -hmm. as a female. And as he gets the student to leave, it's still in female form, but speaking in... His male voice. Yes. Uh, But then presents themselves as male when they open the door. Exactly. In front, of, in front of their dad. Yeah. Um, I must say, I love that uh, that sex scene, how, how it uh, continues where you find out that the guy can walk through walls. He walks through naked <laughs> yeah, uh, into the next room and you just hear a student in the other room going, oh, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> really fun moment. Really yeah, good. Really like that. But we also get to meet Emma's mom, the overbearing uh, former host of a, uh, a, vault, yeah. uh, a vault shopping network uh, program um, who is pushing Emma down a path of exposing her um as her mom's still calling it her eating disorder to the world as her yeah. way in to create some kind of um docu soap or docu drama uh, for the vault network so this could be her way into becoming famous she even laughs at emma's want to be someone more like queen mave someone that could stand up uh, and show um, how powerful she is to the world. She's saying, you're not like that. You have to work with work within the boundaries of what you have, Emma. And this could be your way in. This could be your way to fame. Um, yeah, another very overbearing payment parent uh, and another pressure of fame on these these people. Well, yeah, but also the great thing in, in at the gala is when her mom is effectively with the VP for media. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtney. You have Courtney effectively saying, um, yeah, we, we want to try and uh, get Vought into this more gritty, realistic mm-hmm. uh, area, you know, uh, and giving all the different kind of taglines that would accompany uh, the, the, this show about Emma's eating disorder mm. and... What are the names of the show again? It's uh, eat, it's it's eating alive or feeling small are yeah, the two names exactly. that she's workshopping, and it, yeah. it all feels like you know it's all a little personal as you know Vorta wanting this true life drama, mm-hmm. uh, you know, looking at inner demons and and the eating disorders, and I, I, I like the fact that you know Emma here gets to tell her, her mom to f herself, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know as she puts her daughter down because 
Emma's hero is Queen Maeve, mm-hmm. but her mom is like, you're no Queen Maeve, effectively. Yeah, so yeah. I and like she reveals that. that it's her mother that taught her how to, bur- how to purge <laughs> in front of Courtney. And as she walks away, Emma, thinking she's had the final word and has really stuck one to her mom, um, you hear Courtney saying to <laughs> saying to Emma's mom, oh, just get ready for all the daytime Emmys you're going to be getting for this show that we're uh, telling yeah, the real truth. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's awful. The yeah. other great Emma moment in this episode as well. Um, oh, she's got loads. <laughs> is, there is loads. It was where she helps Marie to pee in the big flowy red dress <laughs> in the bathroom as they effectively make up and mm-hmm. become friends as she's got Marie's dress hitched up round her <laughs> her neck in the loo yeah. uh, as Marie's going for a pee. And as they sort of r- become friends again, uh, she hugs her and, <laughs> and the trickle starts. Oh, just Absolutely hilarious. classic. Yeah. I loved this moment. It felt really... It, I don't know. Maybe I'm just weirdly sentimental <laughs> about it, but I just <laughs> thought this was kind of like, oh, that's it. Friends are there to help you pee. There you go. You there know, you go. hold your hair back if you've had too many uh-huh. too many drinks and you need to throw up on the big white telephone mm-hmm. uh, or, yeah, to pee in <laughs> an inappropriate dress that yeah. you've got. So, like, yeah. I really like this moment. It felt properly uh, good, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. That's the parents at, uh, at the hashtag ThinkBrink Gala. Um, I do like just at the end, there's a call out from um, from Dean Shetty uh, when she's on stage, effectively saying there's this whole gala to raise money. You think it's because the school may be going through some troubles, but Shetty calls out that it's actually just to uh, maybe improve the gym a little bit and the music program. It's not It's not something massive that they have to do. It's just another way to get more money into this school that's obviously hemorrhaging it. Well, that's yeah. it. I mean, I think, you know, as well, in this moment at the gala, Marie also realizes that she's being used by Dean Shetty, mm-hmm. you know, to, to raise this money and because of what happened with the death of, of Brinks and, and to save her position. Mm. You know, this, this leads to her kind of walking out of the gala. Not, you know, not making a scene or anything, but mm. she just, she realizes, um, she's, you know, the horse being paraded round the the stables yep. for for a sale, and um, that's where she, you know again she's getting challenged by Kate and Jordan, and mm-hmm. um, but again they don't know her, and she calls that out, you know, and tells them her story. I'm the person that killed my parents yep. uh, because of my superpowers that I never knew I had, and. Um, have effectively never seen my younger sister since that day mm-hmm. um, because she thinks I'm a monster. And you get this, uh, you know, Kate telling her her story about her brother, like we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and you have Jordan rolling in saying, um, making up a story about her grandmother, yeah. and she's like, no, I was just feeling left out. I killed my granddad. Yeah. No. Uh, you know and and so it's like the beginning to understand that actually yeah there may be differences but there's also a lot of similarities between uh each other especially when you've been given compound v without your own um consent i mean in effect it's like parents don't always know best Mm -hmm. um and in this case they were given trial drugs thinking or hoping that they were going to get a Queen Maeve mm. or 
a homelander and in the end they haven't you know yeah Uh, so this a really good kind of moment of you know this group coming together i think here or or getting closer you know the start of getting closer and understanding one another Mm -hmm. i think that's it for the gala let's move on to our major moments our senior moment from the episode it's got to be emma rescuing sam um as emma is outside after being uh really pissed off with her mom goes outside to smoke a bit of smoke a joint uh andre comes out and joins her and andre shows her the photographs of sam being trapped underground i like emma's reactions instantly as can they do that to us can we be put down there Uh uh-oh really scared about the idea that yeah. uh this kid's this kid's down there and has been trapped so uh so of course emma's going to stand up and help um so andre wants her to climb in through a very small hole to get into the uh the underground facility um again emma also calls out no matter what it was that he was going to ask she was always going to say yes because it's andre so. yeah exactly <laughs> and like she that. and i yeah. love that she's going in completely stoned from the joint mm-hmm. which seems to have been amplified as she's shrunk down i was wondering about that yeah when she when <laughs> I, she does that's the kind of how i took yeah, it anyway yeah, when she does uh, the get a got a good yeah i love that, <laughs> well, that she great, goes yeah. in head, heading on in i love the fact that similar to the wizard of oz with the wicked witch and water being her downfall mm. emma's downfall is that she can be easily captured by a plastic cup yes. uh, as sam <laughs> captures her but thinks it's just part of his kind of hallucinations and psychosis, and, yes. and psychosis that he's having. And yeah. it's like, are you real? And she's like, and he begins asking her these questions that she's never going to know the answer to. Hilarious. Um, even she, she doesn't get it right with the, which movie was my favorite growing up because she's like, going, well, you're a white male. So, um, it's Godfather, Star Wars, or Shawshank. Of course, um, you know and great it, movies. <laughs> yeah, and it ends up in Waterworld. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, re- I must say I like these these uh, two together, Sam and Emma. Definitely, um, but definitely shades to Sam's challenges that he has. So we did see a flashback at the beginning of the episode to Luke coming to visit Sam when he was acting out, um, trying to calm his brother down. It worked quite well until. Um, one of the uh, one of the security guards behind them clicks the trigger of his gun, or um, yeah, or clicks his that gun. That guard gets fisted and gets a gets a punch right yeah. through the entire body. Um, and then, um, Luke was thrown against the wall by Sam. So it was only with Kate intervening and being able yeah. to calm him down with her powers that he was safe. But we hear in the conversations between Emma and Sam that he's still saying, "Sometimes I get confused. Sometimes I don't know exactly uh, what I'm doing." That's why. He thinks that she's a figment of his imagination. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, no, those flashbacks to Luke again and and to Sam uh, were really good. I mean, mm. even just Luke finding out that Sam, or he has been told that Sam has killed himself, you know? Mm. Uh, and again, it was a really, really good moment with Kate where, you know, he asks her to make uh, the pain stop and she's like, but it's just something that you have to go through. Yeah. You know, again, we see... Kate actually being quite level headed mm-hmm. when people ask her to to use her powers yeah. on her. And yeah. um, now she can still use them to get a bottle of vodka, the the good stuff, mm-hmm. um at the gala dinner. But you know, like that thing, like she's absolutely right. This is just something you've got to go through. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that, yeah. you know. Um Andre knows that she would never tell him to to 
not do what he's doing. Like in terms of the last episode where he's in, you know, wanting to investigate what, um, has caused Luke to get himself killed. Mm. So, you know, I really like Kate here. I, yeah. I think, um, and even her telling her truth to, to Marie as well, mm. you know, that, okay, I might be in the top rank of rankings. I may have been in the popular group, you know, the ones most likely to get into the seven, but I've gone through crap as well. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, so it, this, this was really kind of good, I think. Mm. Uh, what was also really good was effectively, uh, Emma with her first kill against mm. her name. Um, and I did like the panic in the security guard as he, he feels her effectively squidging down his ear yeah. hole. I mean, even I guess bursting through his eardrum would have been painful enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. and you, as you, as you see her progression, uh, through, uh, his, his head, as you see his, each eye becoming slowly bloodshot, mm. um, as she makes her way. And then on the other end, her, her fear, because he's got an earphone in, which is plugging in his ear, and she's not too sure whether she can break out. You can hear it as she's trying yeah, to push exactly. that, that, um, that earphone she out of his be ear. drowning in his blood. Exactly. Exactly. Effectively. Pretty brutal. But, so uh, yeah. really, like, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting, Emma to to do that, but I can see that's exactly exactly what you would do. I mean, at least it's not down the the front of a penis this time for someone who who shrinks down, like termites in, like uh, in the boys season three. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which who remember she has kind of modelled herself on. Obviously, yeah. she doesn't know much about him other than uh, the vault pop propaganda around who termite was. But um, I think she even references the fact that he's gone on a bender somewhere, but not. But doesn't reference that he's dead, so yeah, I don't exactly. think that story's made it out uh, yet. Yeah, Th- this was just superb, and I-, I like that you kind of got the sense of a bit of rapport between mm-hmm. Sam and and Emma as well. You know, he's like going, uh, "You're effectively Alice in Wonderland." Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're so brave, you're pretty, um, and you also find out that she reverses the shrinking. By eating. Yes. So she has to eat in order to get to her normal size again. Mm -hmm. But she's got to be careful about the calorie control, which you hear from her mother as well. That's right. Who believes she needs to be upping it slightly at this moment. Um, And you kind of get that sense um, with uh, a scene between Marie and Emma as Marie is back in the dorm and realizes mm. that Emma's gone really, really small. Like mm-hmm. she says, I've been fighting, I've been fighting off ants all night. Yeah. So it was from the previous episode when she goes back at night, mm-hmm. it's just she can't hear Emma after she's come back into the dorm mm. and she's been trapped sort of fighting off ants uh, all night. So yeah. has to get fed slowly but surely. But there's still that tension until the toilet scene between the two of them, you yeah. know. It, but it's the start of that thaw from the previous episode. Yeah. Um, because Emma is still going through what Justine had done. And mm. she actually thinks Justine is apologizing to her until it, you know, she, it, she realizes she's been filmed again. So yeah. the apology has to be filmed by justine i want to show validate how how sorry i am you know um but you also see her with uh with a soup who has a tail making her um (laughs) put the tail in her mouth uh exactly yeah 
yeah, I think Justine's just in it all for herself. Yeah, um, but definitely. I, but I did like this with Emma, with Emma and Sam. Yeah, as you say, it's it's kind of cool to see uh, that she's starting to have a little uh, a little friendship there. There's some little sparks uh, between the two of them. I like that, and yeah. and again, the fact that he's his reference is Alice in Wonderland for her, yeah. rather than focusing on the. Uh, the fact that she has to throw up to to get absolutely. small. Absolutely. I thought yeah. that was a nice little touch. Right. So one thing about this, it's polarity that tells the security guards that she's broken in because of what he heard from Andre. I I'm presume, guessing. I'm I guessing. I don't, don't know for definite. No, but, but I, I am guessing that because yeah, it's so the only, dad. Yeah. only explanation I can think of because I was thinking, mm. well, how? How would they know, you know the tiny little creatures? Um, yeah, there? exactly. <laughs> I think the other interesting thing from this meeting of Emma and Sam is that she doesn't tell Sam that Luke is dead. She actually says, Luke is the one that sent me. Yes, that's uh, right. And his friends, you know, yeah. to scope out his escape route. Mm-hmm. But in the end... She finds out that he knows all the security codes if, anyway. If he it's wanted just, to go, he would have gone. Yeah, basically. it's yeah. just he actually thinks until she arrives that it's better for him to be where he is. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I like that as well. A Absolutely. little bit of a rug pull exactly. Um, exactly. on the whole thing. Good stuff. I think that's it uh, for the major moments from the episodes. Any notes, John? Uh, no notes for uh, from my side. Just one note from me. Uh, another very special appearance from a uh, pre-existing character in The Boys. Uh, we get to see <laughs> yes. at the Sage Grove Centre in the flashback at the beginning, we get to see uh, Love Sausage, um, who played quite a significant role. Um, <laughs> well, at in, least in part of three. him. One part of him. Yeah, one certainly part played, of him. played a big role. Uh, but yes, we see him behind the door uh, in uh, in Sage Grove Centre. It felt like a snake charmer was doing some work in the cell oh, at, yeah. at, because it... <laughs> Yeah, it was just kind of like as as the head popped up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the tip popped up and sort of like looked um, around. So yes, love sausage. Uh, experiencing the world through his very long love sausage. Well, yes, yes, good stuff. Overall then, John, what did you think of the third episode of Gen V Season 1? Hashtag Think Brink. Yeah, I really like this. I'd give it four and a half. Hashtag think hands brinks um out of five right. uh yeah i just i just loved how again it all switched in this episode mm. um with them all effectively realizing that adults are a bit of a nightmare mm-hmm. uh, to be honest whether it is dean shetty uh with her manipulation um or whether it's just their parents really projecting their own stuff onto their kids yes and whether it is gender identity or whether it's uh the type of career that you should have Mm -hmm. um selling a traumatic experience in their kids uh, yeah to turn it into something that'll make them famous so i i really really enjoyed this and i liked how you know in a sense the group with all this happening in in the background as context kind of drew closer whether it was andre recruiting emma to scope out the the underground cells on the campus or mm-hmm. or whether it was just that conversation between marie and kate you know where you know it started off with again you just thought it was going to be another kind of go at marie mm-hmm. but it ends up where you know you have kate just pulling the seat up and yeah. um, so that marie can hear her story and they can just have a drink of vodka mm-hmm. you know uh, as well as Marie and, and Emma uh, making it up uh, in the loo yes. cubicle. Yeah. So, yeah, this was really good. I really enjoyed it. 
Um, I like how this is going for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't wait to see how Emma uh, gets out of her gross situation uh, with all those guards running into Sam's cell at the end uh, for for the next episode. So yeah, four hashtag think Hansbrinks out of five. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. I think we need our third and final drink for this epic session of recording on uh, Gen V. certainly do. I'm glad we aren't taking this amount of drinks while recording a podcast. No, definitely not. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see the notes at this stage. I wouldn't either. But we are going, fellow boys and girls, fellow quizzes, to the pub quiz. Yes, it is a gala event being held in the pub. Get the best bottle of vodka from the top shelf. Maybe... Go through the top shelf Mm. if you wish. But we are on to question three. (laughs) What free drink does Kate want to get at the Professor Brinkerhoff Memorial Gala? Hashtag think drink. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I think John may have given lots of clues to what that could possibly be throughout this episode. Maybe. You might. I want to get the question one more time, John. Sure. What free drink does Kate want to get at the Professor Brinkerhoff Memorial Gala? Hashtag think drink. Excellent. All of those questions should be up on the website at tvpodcastindustries.com in case you missed them. Uh, we'll be putting all eight questions up there across the course of the season. Collect all eight answers together and email them to us at the end of the season to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in the chance of getting your hands on some Gen V goodies. Thanks so much for joining us for this epic discussion about yes. the first three episodes of Gen V really enjoyed jumping into uh, this brand new series, which really feels part of the yeah, world. Definitely, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It doesn't it feels like one of those spinoffs that's actually uh, really connected to uh, to the boys? I kind of like the idea that it's taking its jumping off point from the fact that these parents will have chosen to give their children uh, this compound V and yeah. what that's doing to all of them and their relationship with their parents. I think that's, uh, that is a really interesting story to tell within this world. Yes, thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to say, please subscribe, share, and rate the podcast. Uh, you can do that on any podcast player of your choice that mm-hmm. you listen to us uh, on. And of course, please share the podcast because sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing the love. Sharing the love. Sharing the love sausage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, <laughs> or, or the chocolate starfishes. Uh, yeah, Who knows? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, we are covering lots of other shows and TV podcast industries at the moment. We're just finishing up our coverage of Star Wars Ahsoka. At the moment, we're on the penultimate episode of that. We're also on the penultimate episode of the excellent Wheel of Time Season 2, also available on Prime Video. And next week, we'll be going back to marvel with loki season two coming to disney plus as well so lots and lots of stuff make sure you subscribe to the podcast at tvpodcastindustries.com that's our main feed that's where we'll get episodes of each of those shows as they release each week thanks so much for joining us we'll be back with gen v episode four the whole truth and the next question in our pub quiz next week and hopefully some of your feedback Yes, thank you so much for joining us, fellow boys and girls. Uh, Until next time, when we hit episode four, keep watching and keep listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.